Hey friends, welcome to the Live Your Freaking Life podcast. I'm your host, Christine. And I'm your other host, Selena. We are two BFFs and life coaches who talk about the science of happiness and well-being to help you live your freaking life. And today we are kicking off a new series called Woohoo or Woo Woo, mm-hmm. where we are going to be looking at all kinds of different things in the self-care movement, things that we're experiencing and discuss whether we think they're just a bunch of woo woo or if there's something worth celebrating and incorporating into our daily lives. So I cannot wait to get into this. I can't either. But first, yes, we had said the other day, we should try doing a high low Yes, because our lives are not perfect. And we certainly wouldn't want anybody thinking they are. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. So here's the way I like to do high low. I like to start with the low. So we end on a high. Perfect. So what was your low this week? Well, truth, this is hard for me okay. to talk about this because I haven't talked about my health in a while. I know I haven't either. And I'm going to talk about it today too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So for those of you who listen on a regular basis, you know that I was uh, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Oh gosh. It's I've probably been almost 20 years ago now. Um, And then chronic Lyme just recently and a bunch of other things. And so my joints hurt. And yeah. so I'm having some kind of a flare and- just, you know, it's hard. It's slow moving in the morning and gets a little bit better as the day goes on. But, and I'm doing like so many good things. I'm, you know, waking up in the morning, choosing health, things I put in my body and all those things. And so it's that frustrating tension of like, oh, I'm doing the things and still having a significant amount of pain, which is just confusing. And so, and frustrating, very frustrating. Yeah, no, I very totally understand that. I don't like to be in pain because who does? I like to get who likes to be in pain. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's my low. Well, I'm sorry. Thanks. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I I don't like to talk about those things. So let's move on to the high. What's your high? Well, I just had like, I, anytime I get to spend with my Bella babies, my grandbabies, I love it so much. And they were sick for a little while. And so yeah. wasn't able to see them. And, um, yeah, so we got to hang out and have dinner, Jason and Liz's and just hang out with the babies and play and do all nice. these things. So yes, highlight of my week nice. for sure. Nice. How about you? Yeah. My low was yesterday as we're recording this, which would have been Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just, I was in so much pain Mm. yesterday. I really did just about nothing, Mm. um, for the day, because that was about all I could do. I went out, I think we went out in the morning briefly. Mm. Um, but then we came home and I said to Frank, like, look, whatever I need to do that requires standing up, I need to do right now because once I sit down, I'm done. Um, I woke up really sore, really tight, really just in pain. Mm-hmm. And it just was not fun. And I, it, to the point where yesterday, Frank even said to me, like, I feel bad because I feel good. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah. hate that for him and for anybody else who lives with that, because what I said to him, and I mean this wholeheartedly was, Oh, please don't waste mm-hmm. feeling good, feeling bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Please don't waste feeling good because if I felt good, 
I would not be wasting a moment of it. Right. right. So please don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of my low. Now I will say, so the reason we're going to be recording a number of episodes in advance. So our high lows might sound a little bit wonky because they're only going to be like a couple days apart yeah. instead of a week apart, which is what we usually do. And that's because I'm having surgery next week. Right. Um, having surgery for my back. It's, I, I won't get into the, I won't bore you with the details, but um, I'm going to have about two weeks where I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to bend. Wow. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Like, how do you not bend? That is, yeah. I know. Wow. But the hope is this particular thing that they're doing, um, they've had really, really good results with. It's a relatively new procedure. Um, and my doctors are very enthusiastic about it for good. me, feeling very good yeah. about it for me. So here's hoping. Yes. Here's hoping. That's for sure. Less lows. Right. Yes. I'm, I'm looking for less lows. Better days, so. less pain, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for yeah. you for that. Yeah. For it to be over and the healing. Yeah, right. Surgery part. It's going to be interesting. Rah. Yeah. But my high. Yeah. My high. So we inadvertently suddenly found ourselves with wide open plans Friday evening. Mm. And Frank was like, we got to go do something. It was just the two of us. Um, and so he called me, I want to say like four o'clock in the afternoon and was like, okay, listen, I'm on my way home from work. Cause he goes to the office on Fridays. He said, but I made us a reservation. We're going to go to the works tonight and play. Oh no. Because back uh-huh. over Christmas break, we had gone to Dave and Buster's mm-hmm. and I had an absolute ball at Aww. Dave and Buster's. So he was like, listen, I know how much fun you had and we're just going to go have some fun. We had so much freaking fun. What did you do? Like, uh, first of all, I saved all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. I oh, just want you to know that. God. And I killed all the little <laughs> bitch dinosaurs that come at you and try to kill you. Right. And that's how the game is played. You kill all the bitches and then you save the big one. That's funny. Yeah. Well, they're dead. Let me just tell you. But we for saved good. all the big ones. We did every single level. I'm like, the, you know, if there's kids standing outside waiting for us to leave that game, I'm like, you can keep waiting, sweetie. Yes. I am sitting here. I am saving all these dinosaurs. I will be done when I am done. Oh Thank you very much. Gosh. We had a ball. We played that. We played the stupid coin drop games, which we love, but Jim loves that. We game. had a ball. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, we played basketball games. I'm not horrible at them. Really? I'm actually not bad. Oh, I know. You're you a good shot. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, we play, I mean, we played I'm everything. terrible at basketball. Oh, really? Yeah. We, we played everything. It was so fun. Like I had so much fun, so much fun to the point where we left there and I said to Frank in the car, I'm like, okay, we need to note this when I'm in one of those like funks or in one of those moods where I'm just like grouchy and can't snap out of it for no good reason whatsoever. Yeah. You need to take me here to go play. Yes. I need to go play for an hour. Just get me. Part. There it is again. The power of play. It is seriously huge. It was huge for me. Yeah. Just we spend the night playing. playing when we grow up and we shouldn't because it's such, it, it connects us to ourselves. It I'm, does. I'm really, I'm convinced of that. And, no, hundred percent. And it connects, fun connects people too. Yeah. And so I, I love that. That's mm-hmm. a good, there's a place in Lancaster called Arcade. Decades. Decades. Sorry, decades. Yeah. Then it has an indoor bowling, bowling. alley and um games oh does it yeah I thought it was and just it's bowling a I can't do bowling my arm would fall off yeah no it's not an option but they have they have really cool arcade games too oh, cool Fun stuff, we'll have to so, check that one out yeah. next time but yeah I've been so that was the that. highlight that was nice. the highlight of my week that getting to awesome. play 
Love it. And save all the dinosaurs mm. in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I had to come home and watch Jurassic Park. Oh, did you? Of course I did. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? I mean, has a week really gone by if I haven't watched Jurassic Park? Oh, my it's gosh. Like- shut up right now. <laughs> it's not true. Or put right? it on in the background. Really? No, not every week. No, that's not true. But it is probably once a month. That's funny. And I can't watch the same thing over and over again. Sit there and watch it from start to finish. Yeah. But it's like a comfort thing. Yeah. That's see, personalities are different. If I'm not all in and focused and hear every single word, I don't want to. Oh, I know. Give me silence. I know. Because you're going to have a lot of questions. Yes. (laughs) It's going to drive everyone crazy. crazy crazy when we watch a movie together or a show, because I'm like, you've got to have closed caption on. And you've got to be willing to pause it. Yes. <laughs> a thousand times. Yes. Because I'm like, wait, wait. I've, yeah. What does that say about me? You feel like you need to be very in the know. Very. Very. Because I'm trying to figure it out. Because we watch things together sometimes and you're like, wait, what did they say? And I'm like, would you just calm down? Like, it doesn't matter. No. It really, like, nothing. They said nothing. You're like, matter. no, they said something. Like, like, you're right. They said the instead of the. Did you ever notice when you tell me a story, I ask you the dumbest details? Oh, yeah, I know. I'm like, and, and you're just like, it doesn't, can I just tell my matter. story? But I'm like, I want to, I, I'm, I'm painting a picture <laughs> in my brain so I can really be there with you. I'm I, like, I yeah. get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fun for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but I care. <laughs> sure. We can file it under that. I care. Yeah, that's fine. Yes. That's fine. Anyway. Anyway. All right. You ready for this conversation? I am. So when we recorded last week and I asked the question, were there episodes that made your hand sweat mm-hmm. before you hit play? Mm-hmm. This is definitely one of them. Yeah. Before you hit publish. Yeah. Yeah. My hands are sweating right now. Mine are a little bit too. Yeah. That's so funny. Literally. That's yes. when you said that I was like, shut up right now. Yeah. They no, really, mine are really a are. little bit. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think our hands are sweating at the prospect of talking about our deconstruction journey? I think because there are opinions when you say, I think the word deconstruction is a trigger. Oh yeah, for, for sure. so many people. For sure. And, and for me, honestly, because I, my personality is I'm just curious. I'm learning all of the time. I'm right. And so this goes back to an episode we, t- we did about pa- passion, right? Mm-hmm. Because we talked about living a passionately curious life, being yes. passionate about life right? It was like our, our walk away. Um, and the whole idea of like dualist, right, wrong thinking. I think our society is so, is so tied to and screaming for certainty. Oh yes. That dualistic, right? Absolutely. We want black and white, right, wrong. Yeah. And the thing about our faith journey is that they're really there are only a few things that are black and white. There are a lot of things that we will never, ever, ever be able to comprehend about God. Yep. Right. Um, And like you said last week, like if we could wrap our little human brains around all that God is like, how great would he actually be? Right. Yeah. And so, but so this for me is when you said like, why are my palms sweating? I think it's because whenever you say the word deconstruction, it's a trigger for some people because they're like, oh, some people have an opinion. Curious people that live open-handed, I think go, "Hmm, okay, what's that all about? Right. And then dualistic thinking people, a lot of times will have an opinion 
before they even listen. Right. Yeah. And just kind of write it off that stupid or, oh, like you said, you know, one a pastor not too long ago, you know, in front of thousands of people got up to his congregation and was like, oh, so deconstruction, it's sexy. You know, it's like the thing. It's the trendy thing for right now. The most ridiculous thing it I've is, ever heard. And here's the funny thing. The person that kind of started the concept of deconstruction is Richard Rohr, who is like 80 years old. Yeah. And it is like very, very popular with millennials because it's a word that captures what they are doing in their faith journey. And I go, why are people so afraid of this word? Why do you really think that our faith can't withstand scrutiny? Right. Well, I think we've been taught. (laughs) I think we've been taught that our faith can't withstand scrutiny Mm -hmm. because I think we were taught a lot of like, don't go down that road. I mean, it's like we talked about the first time we talked about deconstruction. It's the slippery slope. Yes. It's the myth of the slippery slope. So don't true. look down here. It's a slippery slope. What if that's not true? Right. What if it's not? It's not true. It's Oh, I know it's not true. <laughs> I've experienced it and I continue to experience yeah. it time and again. The slippery slope is not true. The slippery slope could also just be called curiosity. Right. The problem is that, and I, mm, mm, this is probably going to piss some people off. The problem is certainty is a great way to control people. Mm. And deconstruction takes, it puts someone's entirety of their spiritual life and beliefs and all that in their own hands, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the hands of the leaders they're to be listening to Hmm. and following. It's a loss of control. Mm -hmm. So when I see these mega church pastors railing publicly against deconstruction, what I see is fear. Yeah. I see fear and a sense of a loss of control. It's true. And that's where that stems from. But what's interesting is I feel like if you, because semantics is everything, right? The word deconstruction probably means a million different things to a million different people, right? 100%. But when we, I think, I'll say, speak for myself. When I speak about deconstruction, I feel like it is a word that captures a process that pretty much everyone goes through where you, so however you found your faith, maybe you grew up going to church and whatever, right? However you found faith, um, that that's kind of what was handed to you, right? right. You didn't what choose you, it. Right. Yes. What you received. Yeah. And that, so that's kind of like, that was the construction yep. of something. And then deconstruction is when you get to a place where we hope everybody gets to, where you go, hmm, okay, this is what I've always known. This is what I've always done. This is what I've always believed. But now I want to own this faith. I want it to be mine. Can I give you an analogy? Yeah, go ahead. That I thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Jim and I, years ago, haven't done it in a, in a few years, we used to flip houses. Mm-hmm. right before it was cool before chip and jojo got on screen you know like their own show um and i i kind of look at it like when we would go and look at a house some houses so we would first assess 
right? Sure. We'd walk through the house, we'd look around. And ultimately what we were deciding is, does this house need lipstick? Like we say, like put <laughs> yes. lipstick on a pig, right? <laughs> just put some lipstick on a pig, just, you know, some minor improvements. Yeah. And then you put it back on the market and you flip it. Or does this house need to be torn down to its foundation? Yeah. Because there's so much mold or there's so much, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So much damage. Um, and, and you start from scratch. Most times it was somewhere in between, right? Mm, yeah. And so when I think about my own faith journey and this whole deconstruction thing, I look at it like that. Like we get to a place where we go, I'm, I just, I'm going to assess what I believe and why I believe it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to decide like, are there certain things that I'm going to get rid of, yeah. right? Yeah. Are there certain things that I want to unlearn, relearn, what, right? Like, yes. And for all of us, sometimes it is just a little lipstick. Sometimes it is like going, holy crap, depending on what it looked like, right? Sure. Can be toxic. Oh, yeah. And then you're like taking it down to the foundation, which yes. for me is Jesus, right? Like, yeah. that's um, the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, like, and who Jesus was, like, that taking it down to the foundation. And then it's that rebuilding. Okay. Now, what am I going to relearn? What am I going to add back in? Yeah to reconstruct. I don't, I don't know. I, so I just think it's a healthy thing. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. In fact, like if I could super summarize what deconstruction sounds like to me, it's that concept of making your spiritual life for back for lack of a better term, making your spiritual life your own. Yes. Not just taking what somebody gave you, whether that's doctrines, beliefs, thoughts, um, any of the above practices, all of it and setting it aside and going, okay, what's mine, right? What, what does this need to look like for me? Because I'm not convinced that, uh, denominational formulas are the way to go. No, because you think about it in the time of Jesus and shortly after Jesus's death, right? And the early church, there was there were no denominations really. Oh right? gosh, like, no. That no. was something that and and a lot of the doctrine things were things that were created based on events that have happened over the last several hundred years, sure. right? Now we have all of these different denominations and every church is like this is what we believe, this is right, this is well, then you know with all these different denominations, no one's right. No, nobody could be. Nobody. How many, how many denominations are there in the Christian church in America For alone? Some reason, it's like, it like 4,000. No, no. It's is like it 30,000 or something oh, stupid gosh, like that. I don't even know. But yeah, I think it's like 30,000 or something like that. So when one particular denomination with their particular sets of beliefs says, we're the ones who've got it right. Yeah. What they're saying is 29,999 other denominations yes. are wrong. Right. I don't that does not track for me. Right. Why would we do that? And I think that that is, I, and no, I know for a fact, I was a pastor on staff at a church and I did not agree with every no. doctrinal yeah. thing about the church. And I was open about that, right? Yeah. Like, Hey, listen, don't ask me to teach on this because I'm not certain. Yeah. And I love being in that place. Again, our society is like, we, we want so desperately, we need, we feel like we need certainty. We need to be oh, right. Sure. We need to be right. 
that's why you see the mess that the church is in today. Oh, yes. Because, because people are defending their faith and they're yes, we right, turned you're it, wrong. We've turned it into a war. Yes. We've turned it into a war. And there's people on the other side of the war going, but but you told me this, this, and this, and it's not true. Yeah. Or you told me this would happen and it hasn't. Mm -hmm. And that's when people start going, okay, maybe I need to figure this out for myself. And that's where the process of deconstruction really, I think, really starts and kicks off. Now it's, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say too, I think sometimes what catapults the deconstruction process is when people see Christians being so I'm right, you're wrong, yeah. defensive, polarized, hateful. Yes. Because they start to go, wait a second, that does not look like the Jesus that you told me about, yeah. right? Or yeah. that I read in the gospels. Like yeah. he wasn't hateful. Not at all. And you know, like coming after you and like the people that he did that with were the pious, religious, high and mighty super, you know, yes. like, trying to pretend that they were so perfect and so right. That's like, those he, the like people he, even, that he, he says in the Bible, the outside of your cup is clean, but the inside's a hot mess. Mm -hmm. Meaning you look great on the outside, yes. but it, it is not coming from a great place within yes. you. And I think deconstruction is letting the outside crumble mm. while you clean up the inside Yes, and being okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need the facade mm -hmm. anymore. Right. I, I'm more concerned about what's happening in me internally than what people think about my spiritual journey, which is deeply personal, by the way, Yeah. what they think about it externally. Mm. I don't know that we should be thinking about anybody's spiritual journey Yeah. Um, until, you know, we have ours hundred percent figured out, which will never, never happen. Never, never. Which will never happen. Yeah. It's funny you you mentioned that. So last week was the Grammys. Mm. <laughs> oh, the Grammys. And the Christians <laughs> have lost their damn minds oh, since gosh. the Grammys came on. Because imagine this, a non-Christian award show had a non-Christian musical performance. I know. It's shocking. What? So. Okay. I know what, nothing about I this. know. So. What happened on the Grammys was Sam Smith and I forget the woman's name. They have a duet song called Unholy. Okay. Um, it's a bop. I will say that, but <laughs> they have this song. It won an award. They performed at the Grammys. Now the song is called Unholy. So of course mm -hmm. their performance, their artistic performance of this is representing something unholy. Okay. Right. Okay. So he's got like, they're all in red. He's got the hat with the devil ears, whatever. It's, oh, it's a song. Okay. Now, do I expect these non-Christian people mm. to do a performance that is going to be faith-based in God? N no, right. No, I don't. Mm. And so whether you liked it or disliked it is entirely irrelevant. But what I saw online this week on social media was Christians losing their minds about this performance. Like the devil's everywhere. He's trying to get you boycott. the. I saw one whole very long thread of people having a fit against one Christian band. I don't know who it was um, because they performed at those same Grammys as well. 
And it was a, yeah. how dare you perform at something that would allow that other kind of performance to happen? To be you better right. check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, I mean, they crucified these people okay. online. Wow. And then I see all these people crucifying this performance and warning mm-hmm. other people and, and there's no love in it whatsoever. And one brave soul, God bless him, got in the comments and said, maybe instead of worrying so much about what these people are doing, we should just maybe love them Mm. and the rest of the world. Cause I think that's what Jesus told us to do. I don't think he called us to publicly criticize non-Christians. Right. And this poor man, this poor man was eaten alive in the comments, in the comments. Why? Why this? And so to clear up any confusion, when you see people walking away from the church and mass, which is what they're doing, particularly Mm -hmm. the millennials, the Gen Z, Yes, this is why, because Mm -hmm. the fruit that they are seeing is so hateful and so harmful. And so the opposite of who Jesus is, you don't have to agree with what everyone does. Yeah but you don't have to crucify them for it either. It's so it's harmful. Don't do that. That does not look like Christ at all. And I, I can hear it because I saw it in the comments too. Well, but we're called to point out these things Mm. and blah, blah, blah. It's truth and love. Yes. We are called to point out these things, um, within our own body of believers, not in the world. Yeah. Read more closely, please. That's what I was just going to say. Really Read more closely. Yeah. So what's that based on? And because I think a lot of people just fall into the trap of like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. This is my duty to condemn and judge people who. Exactly. And that's not enough. If people don't know what you know, they cannot behave. I was going to say the way you behave, but that's. But no, we don't. I don't want people behaving the way I behave. Right. (laughs) So like, yeah. And, And I think about like, Really, I said like De- Richard Rohr, you know, started this whole deconstruction conversation years ago, but really Jesus. Oh, well, of course he did. Oh, he came and deconstructed all of it. He tore everything down and yeah. said, okay. Yeah. This He'd is say, it. I know I mean, you've been taught this. I know you think this way you believe this, but yeah, I'm going to tell you a new way, right? I know this way you've been told about like hating your enemies and like, you know, like destroying whatever, but I'm, he, he turned it all upside down. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, repent. The word repent means to like rethink, change your minds. Yes. Right. Do some. And so that isn't that what deconstruction is totally changing your mind. It's just going, okay. And again, why are we so afraid? Like for me, while I kind of like the, again, that flipping house project, right? Like I'm deconstructing my faith, what I believe and just like scrutinizing it from, and again, very personal mm-hmm. thing that's happening. The foundation of my faith never wavered, never wavered for me. Like mm-hmm. that was just something that like, of course, Jesus is going to stand amongst it all. Most people ne- don't ever have a problem with Jesus, with the person of Jesus. That's true. They have a problem with religion they have a problem with church being like yeah so polarized and so yeah defending and ha- and having to be right and not looking like Jesus and so sorry I said all that to say that a lot of times I think that hatefulness and that judgment mental mm-hmm. attitude or whatever is what catapults people 
into this deconstruction journey. Cause absolutely like, it does. Mm, That's a hundred percent. it. I don't think I want to be in that camp. And so then what camp and I can, I can say that's exactly what has happened for me mm. because it was, you know, a handful of years ago where I'm looking around going, oh, this fruit is not good. Yeah. And it's not just one or two people. Mm-hmm. The fruit is rotten. We're doing this wrong. Yeah. I don't know what's right, but I know that this is doing it right. wrong. If this is what the fruit is of the way we've been teaching and preaching and selling certainty and Christianity, then I don't want that mm-hmm. because the fruit is rotten right to the core. Yeah. So that's been really hard. Now I want to just, I want to backtrack for a second because we are not a faith-based podcast. Nope. That is something that we very deliberately talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to talk about our faith journeys very often? Is it going to be just a part of our podcast and what this is. And we decided, no, it's not Mm -hmm. um, for a variety of reasons, none of which actually matter to anybody else. Um, But we did decide that we were going to talk about this today because our deconstruction episode from way in the beginning, I I don't know if it was like episode five, something like that, was one of our most listened to episodes. One we got some of the most feedback on, Mm -hmm. but also when I was talking to you, you know, the elements of a life of flourishing as defined by positive psychology, one of them is meaning. And a big part of meaning is spirituality. Yeah. Now, spirituality to me um, is is much bigger, much broader than religion, Mm -hmm. much bigger and broader. But the science behind it is incredible. Like, I want to just like tell you this, like spiritual practices, even when stripped of religious beliefs, enhance the neural functioning of the brain in ways that improve our physical and emotional health. Mm -hmm. So even spiritual practices that are not linked to any kind of religion actually makes us better. Sure. Makes our brains better. makes our physical health better. It's incredible. Um, contemplative practices, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but contemplative practices strengthen a specific neurological circuit that generates peacefulness, social awareness, compassion for others. And that got me thinking. If I had a word to best to best describe where I am in my deconstruction, reconstruction journey, it would be contemplation. Yes. It would absolutely be in the contemplative Mm. and I, I realized that by accident, um, months ago, I had a meeting with my spiritual director who I still meet with regularly. Um, not quite as often, but, um, still very regularly. And I remember just in a session with him and just kind of getting frustrated. And he was like, listen, if you, if you had one prayer to pray to God right now, what would it be? Mm. And I was, I was so frustrated. And I was like, you know what, Lord, just meet me where I'm at. I don't know what else to say. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and that particular day where I was at was not a great place. Mm. (laughs) I was feeling very frustrated and just whatever. And he, he said to me, yeah, Selena, uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, all you've done is call on Emmanuel, God with us. Mm. You're practicing God with us. Wow. Not the doing, not the thinking, not the yes. the researching, not the, it's just the God with us. Mm-hmm. 
And so I've absolutely loved that. And the contemplative practices, you know, saying how it generates peacefulness, social awareness, compassion for others. Those are the things that I am not seeing in the Christian church in America right now. I'm not seeing peacefulness. Mm -hmm. I am not seeing social awareness. I'm seeing the opposite of social awareness. And I'm certainly not seeing compassion for others. And so it just makes me wonder, you know, if we've taken American evangelicalism to be so focused on an outward practice Mm -hmm. to the expense of the inward and we have lost our peace and we have lost our social awareness and we have lost our compassion in the process. We've just gotten really loud. Yes. And I think you're right because the contemplator, it's, it's that experience, right? It's, it's that experiential. It's not just in my head. No. Right. Like it's, it's It's got with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so taking the time to be still and silent and meditate and breath prayers and all of these things that again are so counterintuitive to the way that we've lived with rush, 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 busy, 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 do, 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 drive, drive, right? Like right. results oriented, all of these things. It's counterintuitive to that because it's being still and knowing that he is God, mm. right? It's, it's actually, yeah, it's the opposite of the the world that we live in. Oh, no question. But you're right. Like it does change everything. When I went on a sabbatical years ago, sorry. Um, when I went on a sabbatical years ago, that was my focus. I said, I am going on a spiritual pilgrimage. I didn't have the deconstruction language at the time, but for me, that's what it was. It was going, okay, what? Because again, the church today looks very different than the church. Um, oh my goodness. The early church. Yeah. Very, very different. Yeah. The early church did contemplate contemplative. Yes. Yeah. That things again, that we talk, you know, it's like, oh, woo, woo. No, no, no. It's very rooted. Yes. Very rooted. The church, I mean, St. Francis is one of my favorite. Oh, me too. Ever like researched St. Francis, like, oh my God, he was a seven on the Enneagram. Just know it. And, (laughs) but it was so much like the contemplative way, the experiential way, the, it was the, it was in the being Mm -hmm. with Jesus that then it was from that overflow is what made him live the way that he lived, which was so joy filled and connected to people and connected to creation and like social justice. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's what created the compassion inside of him for others to like choose to not, he grew up very, very wealthy, had everything he could have ever wanted handed to him. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't have had to work a day in his life. And he said, no, 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 I want to be, I want to be about doing like loving people yeah. really well, loving people on the fringe really, really well. And so he gave up comfort and all of these things because he had so much compassion, but it's because he lived a contemplative life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. Oh, I yeah, agree. I want that. Oh my gosh. I, the world would be such a more peaceful place if we mm-hmm. were able to, if we were able to all pull that off collectively for sure. Yep. Now, I also want to like speak to the people who maybe, you know, they have, they're in a deconstruction process, or maybe they're not even, they were never, you know, church people or people of faith to begin with, you know, 
that doesn't mean you can't still benefit from spirituality. Again, mm-hmm. spirituality stripped of even religious mm-hmm. beliefs, the practices are so greatly beneficial to us yeah. and to our bodies. And listen, I I know enough people that have been so devastated by by the church, and I'm using air quotes, um, that the idea of of diving into any type of Christian based practice or reading or researching or anything like that is just off the table for them. Mm. And I understand that I can, I can definitely have compassion for that, for Mm -hmm. them. Um, what's really cool is I'm no longer afraid for them. Yeah. You know, it's like, we were always kind of taught to like, Oh, you better pray for them. They're not going to be okay. They are, they've, you know, they're out from under the umbrella you know, mm. they're, they're out from under God's covering, but I don't know that that's true. Mm. I don't know that that's true because I think God is with us mm. no matter who we are, no matter what we believe, no matter where we go, it is God in all things, mm-hmm. including us, right? God in yeah. all things, not God is all things. I love how Richard Rohr makes that distinction. Yes. Not yes. saying, oh, this tree is God. I should go worship it. No, 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 no. But recognizing the divine in all things, Mm. that for me, I I remember when I I first heard that years ago now, that for me was very comforting at a time where I was very angry. Mm. I spent a lot of time angry Mm. um, at the beginning of my deconstruction journey because I felt, well, I felt a lot of things, but, but a lot of what I felt was like, I I felt fooled. Mm. Felt like, wait a second, I was taught this. You mean to tell me that's not true? Mm. Wait a second, I was taught this. You mean to tell me that that was made up in the last 50 years? Right. And we teach it as doctrine that's existed since the beginning of time? Yeah. I felt very deceived and was angry. Yeah. And so that that whole idea of just being able to recognize the divine in all things and just let that be a healing balm to your spirit for a while mm. was huge, mm. huge. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I, I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful. And this is just the, just because the way that I'm wired. Mm-hmm. Because I do, I'm hope. Let me finish my sentence. I'm hopeful that some churches are going to start to emerge into this contemplative place. And there are some churches that, that have that. I have not found one. I was going to say, there's not in our area. But I mean, not that we but have I would found love that. or discovered, right? But I do believe that, again, because it's fear-based, right? And when we trust in the foundation of our faith, like there, we have nothing to fear. And so allowing people, we always used to say, like, I always used to say like faith without doubt is not faith. Like you, we all have doubts and we have to be okay to hold that, sure. that place. Um, we don't have to be so certain. And so I think that I'm hopeful that that's going to be the result of the last several years. And, and, you know, because I think that people are, 
they don't want people to walk away and to like throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Sure. Like they want that reconstruction to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think it's going to happen if, if we create a safe place for people to explore and to celebrate deconstruction as like actually a good thing. Cause we want you to own your faith. Like this is okay to ask hard questions and it's okay to like come up against, you know, like come face to face with some things where you have to go, Oh, okay. I don't know that I believe that anymore. Right. And it doesn't mean you're a heretic. No, because again, no one has the market on right. Exactly. Right. There's no, no one de- denomination that has, there's no perfect church because for God's sake, people are there. Right. right. Exactly. And so, um, but it's just, can we, as can churches help people live out their faith, not just have it in their head, but actually in their heart that, that creates more compassion and love and movements to serve marginalized and, and be, be Jesus. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, um, and this isn't a church bashing thing like oh, gosh, at, no. at all. Like there are definitely no. I mean, I think every organization has dysfunction and like every organization has room for growth and hopefully embraces that and and sees that hopefully. Yeah. Um, No, it's just, it's just people doing the best they can most of the time. (laughs) Not everybody's doing the best, but most of the time it's people doing the best they can. And, and we're flawed as people. Mm -hmm. We just are. But I think what's important is to remove the finger wagging and the fear around the people who take a step back and go, I need a minute. Yeah. I need a minute. Um, because I think God honors that minute. For sure. And God and, is in that minute. Whatever God it is that you are believing in, that minute is going to be honored. Why? Because you're you're doing the work yourself. Right? You are making you are making your faith your own instead of just accepting something that's been handed to you blindly. Right. I fully, fully believe that when we go into any kind of practice or quiet time or anything like that with, with our hearts in the right place to seek and know God, he will a hundred percent meet you there. Yeah. Regardless of, of what kind of God it is you think, or what kind of God you think exists, you know, that time will be honored. And, and will never be in vain. So I think that's really, really important. Yeah. I think for me personally, over this last year, um, my, you know, my process of, of continuing this deconstructing, reconstructing has been probably the, the most fun. Yeah. It's exciting especially like the last couple of years. But I also know like, and my spiritual director was so helpful for me with this, you know, at the beginning of it years ago, he's like, honey, you need to process through the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And I really did take the time to learn what that is, what that means, what mm-hmm. that looks like. And to give myself the time to do that. And now that I'm on the other side of that, I don't harbor any animosity whatsoever. I'm not angry about any of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless you want to get me going on injustices within it, but that's, yeah, that's just always going to be there. Um, it has made me softer Mm. for sure. Mm -hmm. It has made me far more loving for sure Mm -hmm. because I, all the conditions are gone. Mm -hmm. All the conditions are gone. Mm 
um, whether they were placed there deliberately or 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 not. Um, and so I I like who this process has made me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel similar to what you just described. And also the word that I would add to that is I feel a sense of freedom. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, just realizing like, this is an extremely personal thing. Like even talking about this, I think this is what sweaty palms oh, yeah, like, for because sure. it's hard to capture what I've been going through this deconstruction that I've been going through and reconstruction for several years in a, you know, 45 minutes. Oh my gosh, episode. it's not even possible. And so it's even hard to just have language for it, yes, let alone. It really, yeah. really is. But what I, I, I do, I feel so free. I don't feel afraid. I feel closer to Jesus than I have ever felt in my entire life. I feel, um, I'm a totally different person than I was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the the amount of peace I have, the ability to be still for this girl right here is like unbelievable because I I get so bored so easy and I'm constantly doing, 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 doing. But like now I have certain rituals and practices in my daily life where I am still and I'm seeing that I am, again, more loving, more kind, more compassionate, more empathetic, more tolerant. Um, the fruit is good, right? The fruit is good. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Bible, like the the Bible talks about like checking the fruit, right? You can judge a tree by its fruit. Yeah. A good tree produces good Good fruit. fruit. A bad tree is going to produce bad fruit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think the fruit (laughs) concept is a lot of what started me Mm. on the deconstruction journey. It was looking around going, I don't, this is not good fruit. Mm Mm-hmm. And then seeing some other things that I was told could only produce bad fruit, Mm -hmm. producing great fruit. fruit. Yes. Like going, well, wait a second. I thought they were supposed to be miserable. Yeah. (laughs) Or I thought this would happen if you went down that road, you know, or whatever it is. And it turned out to not be true. Well, what do you say? I always say, you say it so well. I've got to, I got to write it down. But like you say, it's like not the slippery slope. It's. It's a water slide. It's an incredible, fun, exciting, good fruit water slide. Like right. you just the results, like what happens inside of you. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so good. And again, from it's getting back to when I get back to the early church, spiritual practices of the early church, the contemplative way, mm-hmm. I'm going, oh my goodness, like this feels right. This feels like Jesus. And there's just, it's, it's lacking. Like we don't teach these things. We don't practice these things. Um, and not when I say we, like most churches don't, right. It's just not a part of the programming. No. Okay. But, um, there's, there's something missing. And so I love, I, I just love learning about those things and applying them to my life. And again, that's this whole series, right? Woo woo yeah. or woo hoo. What I found exactly. Is there are a lot of things that Jesus did in the Jesus way and the early church did and that that are so radically different that we've gotten away from. And so for it's sure. like getting to going there has been that's been the water slide for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. So good. I want to read this one um quote from contemplativechristian.com. I, I came across this. 
And I loved it because I, I just love the way they summed it up. But they said the, the motivation and destination of this contemplative way of being Christian is love for God, ourselves, one another, and indeed for all of creation expressed in various ways, such as stability, community, hospitality, and wise stewardship of the earth. Hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I want to just say those again, (laughs) love for God, ourselves and one another and for all of creation. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I cannot wait to get further in this series when we talk about the things like forest bathing and grounding, you know, when we talk about all of creation, I think um, anything that involved nature <laughs> and, you know, any kind of spiritual practice done in nature or anything like that always was kind of given witchcraft vibes around yes. it. Um, and so just to learn like, no, no, that's what they were doing. Yeah. That's what, in fact, we took that out of there. Yeah. We, the, the modern church mm-hmm. took that out and labeled it as witchcraft or new age or evil or whatever. Yes. And, and it's not it's the root, it roots it, of, of the, of of the early church. Yeah. Like it just is incredible to me. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. And when you focus on those things, it is going to produce peace mm-hmm. and it is going to produce love. And it is going to produce all those things, all those different fruit that come from the spirit of God yeah. are going to show up when that's what you're engaged in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I do too. I want to read something. Um, this is from a 14th century Persian poet, Hafiz. And I just thought this was so good and and so fitting for this conversation. So this, this is what he wrote. This place where you are now, God circled on a map for you. Wherever your eyes and arms and heart can move against the earth and sky, the beloved has bowed there. Our beloved has bowed there knowing you were coming. I could tell you a priceless secret about your real worth, dear pilgrim. But any unkindness to yourself, any confusion about others will keep one from accepting the grace, the love, the sublime freedom divine knowledge always offers you. Mm, That's so good. I love that. That's so good. Any unkindness to yourself, any confusion about others will keep one from accepting the grace, the love, the sublime freedom, divine knowledge always offers you. Hmm. And you know how you find that divine knowledge? You get quiet. Mm -hmm. You get contemplative. Mm -hmm. Not man's knowledge. Nope. Not a man's knowledge. Not your denomination's knowledge, but divine knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I I absolutely love that. That's when it goes from your head to your heart. That's yes. when, and then it goes from your heart to your hands. Yeah. And you begin to live differently. Yeah. And yeah. think differently. And and that, yeah. that statement there doesn't matter a lick what you believe, what doctrines you adhere to and which ones you don't, mm-hmm. what theology you ascribe to and what ones you don't, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's finding that divine knowing that divine knowledge mm-hmm. and moving forward out of that. And I, I feel like that will never lead you astray. No. Yeah. 
Nope, nope, nope. Yeah. Nothing to fear. There's, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest takeaway. There's, there's no fear in this. Mm -mm. And, and I love the way, you know, Richard Rohr kind of talks about the second phase of life, life. the second Mm -hmm. half of life where, you know, deconstruction should be part of it. Yeah. It really should be. It's a healthy dismantling and a reassessment of what do I have here? What needs to go? What stays? Yeah. And how can I build from here? Yeah. What is serving me? What maybe has hurt me? What's yeah. And but I love so important. Like he also implies, if not says it outright, it's been a while since I read it, but implies that if you don't go through that at some point, your faith will remain immature. Yeah. You remain in your first half of life. Yep. Which yeah, is it's very little good to the world. Yeah. It really, really is. Yeah. And I love too, he says in the book Falling Upward, he talks a lot about that and and just says, you know, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like you what you do is you take what's been constructed mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Some of it you leave behind, some of yeah. it you go, oh, okay. And it's again, that I think lessons removes the cynicism and the disillusionment and all of these things and helps you to move forward in your faith in a healthy way. Yeah. And in a way that is it's because you're on, you're on a spiritual pilgrimage. Oh, for sure. Right. And it's exciting and it should be that way. And we should always be deconstructing and reconstruction. Yeah. Reconstructing. It's, I I think that's part of that spiritual pilgrimage of like open-handed, like constantly learning what else have I been wrong about what else what do I need to learn what do I need to unlearn like this is going to be the rest of my life right. I know that right and just being able to say that is like oh okay yeah super freeing yes super freeing because there's no there's no timeline there's no urgency it's yeah. just this just is how I'm gonna live yeah. from here out in this place of of eternal curiosity. Yes. And when you had said about throwing the baby out with the bathwater just now, what popped into my head was, you know, I have learned to not throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to people who believe differently than I do. Mm -hmm. Because man, if you talk to somebody who believes something totally different than you do, whether it's Hindu or Buddhist or, or whatever, pick your religion, Mm -hmm. there's truth in all of it. There's truth in all of them. Mm-hmm. Now, do I believe every single thing? Of course not. No, right. But I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater because there's beauty and truth in all of these. When you watch somebody, like I, I know I told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again because it was just so impactful to me. When I watched those people at the Philadelphia Premium Outlets, we got there. This was, I mean, a couple of years ago now. But we got there, we got a parking space. I think it was like on a weekend and it was packed, packed. And I saw these men with their mats on the grassy islands in the parking lot of the Philadelphia premium outlets. And they were stopping to pray. They were Muslim. Mm-hmm. They were they were facing Mecca, I believe is what they do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And pray at certain times a day. And I thought, oh my gosh, they have more faith than I do. Mm-hmm. And how beautiful is that Mm. how beautiful is that my word do I do anything like that no (laughs) 
And so just to see the beauty in that makes me, I, I don't know, it just makes me see them and, and their faith differently. Mm-hmm. Without judgment. Oh my gosh, totally without yeah. judgment. I can't remember, Zach Cambria told me about a book and I got it and, and started reading it. I don't know that I finished reading it, but it was about a college professor at seminary professor who um, part of, he was asked to teach a class. I can't remember what it, world religion class or something like that. And one of the things he did with these seminary students is he took them to a Muslim yes. country, a, a Buddhist, um, Hindu, like all of these different things. They took these trips to just go and learn. Yes. To con- to be curious about their faith. To And, and what they found was, because initially some of the people and parents and whatever were like, expose our kids to all of this, you know, like worldly stuff. But what they found was that these kids that went through the classes, they gained an appreciation. They got outside of their little Christian American bubble mm-hmm. and explored, went to different culture, you know, places and cultures and explored those cultures and celebrated those cultures and participated in some of their spiritual rituals and things like that. And what they found was their faith became stronger. Their right. relationship with Jesus became stronger as a result. They gained an appreciation and a curiosity and a love and respect for different yeah. expressions. Yep. Um, but their faith was stronger. And I thought, wow, there is like something to be said something that. to that. Because yes. again, like I said, being curious the last few years and being on this spiritual pilgrimage, and that's just my words for it, my faith has never been stronger. And I I think I was so fearful for years, like, oh, you know, if I even challenge or, you know, like. Right, that it's all going to um, fall apart. Yeah. But here's the thing. If one challenge can cause something to entirely fall apart, yes. it wasn't well constructed to begin with. Right. right. Let it fall. Yeah. Let it fall. Yeah. And then yeah. rebuild. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I. I love this journey that I've been on. It's making me a better person for sure. No question about it. Um, I don't regret a moment of it. It has been hard. It continues Mm -hmm. to be difficult. I continue to miss some things Mm -hmm. um, about, you know, our our church days. Um, There's still definitely things I miss. I miss, I miss the community, Mm -hmm. you know, I miss, I miss some of the friendships that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate because, you know, I think it's again, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. When we, when we stop talking to somebody <laughs> because they have changed or maybe not even just changed entirely their religious beliefs, but changed right. how they go about it yeah. or they don't go about it at your church anymore, you are throwing the baby out with the bathwater yeah. and Jesus would never have done that. No, he did the exact he opposite. Would never have done that. Yeah. And so, and so that still grieves me at times when I think about that, mm-hmm. um, because I think, gosh, so, you know, we used to talk all the time about how this is not a, um, this is not a country club model, mm-hmm. a country club model of belonging looks like if you follow these rules and you do these things and you dress this way and you don't do this, mm-hmm. you're in. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to a family model where this is your family, you're born into it. You will always belong regardless of what you do or do not do. When I think about how we used to preach that and how I am experiencing it on the other side, Mm -hmm. there's some uh, incongruence there. Yeah, for sure. And that does grieve me. It It really does. It can be very, very lonely unless we start celebrating curiosity. Oh my gosh. And and that's what we try to spread all the time. You hear us talk about this on the podcast almost every week in some way, shape, or form. So if I had to put a label on my, I don't know, faith, I'm putting in air quotes right now, Mm -hmm. or where I'm at in my journey, you know, I, I would stamp myself as continuously curious. Yeah. That is my journey. Yep. Continuously curious in the best way. Yes. And I love it. Yeah. And I firmly believe and know that I can be continuously curious in all faiths and all things and looking around and God will be with me in all of it. Yeah. Cause it is God in all things. All things. Yep. Yeah. Yep. God in all things, all people in me. Yeah. Yeah. And just awesome. learning to see him, see the divine in yeah. all things and all people. It's really an amazing filter. Yes. To look through. Yep. Yeah. It goes back to that word intentionality too. Mm. Right. When yeah. we are intentional about these things, it is, it's, it's that incredible water slide. Yeah. 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 I it's love true. It. So good. So, okay. For you yes. wrapping up deconstruction, mm-hmm. woohoo or woo woo. Woohoo for sure. I think it should be normalized and I think it should be celebrated. And I think that it leads to awesome fruit. Yeah. I am right there with you. I agree with everything you said, and there is science to back it up. Mm. Mm -hmm. The spiritual practices that actually physically make our body better, regardless of what religion you ascribe to, that is not woo-woo. That is woo-hoo. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're struggling on your spiritual journey or you're going through some kind of deconstruction process, um, just know that your efforts will bring good fruit. Mm -hmm. They really, really will. If your heart is in the right place and you're coming at it from a place of curiosity and not fear, Mm -hmm. the fruit will be good. Mm -hmm. It really, really will. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, and letting go of the need to be right. Letting go of the, of the need for certainty and realizing that there are some things, a lot of things actually that you will never understand this side of eternity. Nope. Never wrap your brain around, never, you're just not going to get it. You're not going to get certainty. Yep. And starting to walk in that and be okay with that. Yeah. Is awesome. It really, really is. It takes the pressure off. Yep. I don't need to know. Yeah. I don't need to know. I need you to know what I need God. to do? I need to love God, myself, yep. others, and the earth. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Be good stewards of yours. <laughs> That's what sure. I need to do. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. All right. So deconstruction, two woohoos. Woohoo. Two woohoos. For sure. Yeah. This I'm was fun. About next week. Continuing yeah. The conversation. Next week, we're going to be talking about manifesting. No, meditating. We're going to talk about meditating next week, yeah. manifesting and vision boards the following. Yeah. So, yeah, we got some fun, fun topics. So, it's meditation, woo woo or woohoo. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, we are. All right, guys, go live your freaking life. See ya. Bye.